Welcome to episode five of Banging on the Drum. In this episode, we have a very special guest pre-recorded. We're pretty excited about this one. Um, we got Chris Jackie, one of my favorite players of all time on the show. What do you think, Mike? What I remember from Chris Jackie is the most accurate kicker of all time. I don't remember him ever missing a kick. I know that's not right. I understand it. I just remember him being the standard for kickers. So I, yeah. I'm pumped about the episode. No, he was an awesome dude. He gave us a great interview. He gives a lot of time. So this episode might run just a little bit long. If you're a Chris Jackie fan that's tuning in, we'll try to explain the, the segments and how they work. But we'll just give you a rundown. So we really enjoy talking about the Packers. We enjoy talking about betting on NFL games. We have a challenge, and we're going to just recap the games, try to be pretty quick in the recapping the games. Then we're going to pick the games for next week. Uh, I've been on quite the heater, so if you enjoy winning money, you might want to listen up. But welcome <laughs> in to Episode 5, Kicking It with Chris Jack. This is Banging on the Drum. Patrick, how's it going today? Doing great, living the dream in Brazil. So, what have you been up to? Nothing. Took the kids to the uh, rotary lights there in lacrosse. Walking around with the kid on my shoulders and then stepped off a curb wrong. Sprint, like, just tweaked my ankle a little bit. Like, sprain would be over overstating it. Just rolled it a little bit, but it's a little tight today. Kid get a concussion out of it? No, I didn't fall over. <laughs> what the heck's wrong with you? Okay. Do they still have the uh, Jack jumping over the candlestick there? Uh, I don't know if they do. I didn't see it. But they do still have Crosby kicks out there. So. Oh, yeah. Good, good sign. Yeah, so, like, that's a good one. They should probably put a 13 on there instead of a 2, but what are you going to do? Can't change that. After they hear this, they might they might switch it back. Uh, so yeah, you uh, you walked the rotary lights? Yeah, we walk it every year because we oh, want to yeah. go and see Santa Claus. Little hoodlums need a candy cane. Uh, this year they had s'mores out there. Nice little nice little piece of it. Anyone fart on Santa's lap? Can't sit on Santa's lap. It's COVID uh, season, man. Come uh, on. Yeah, I'm so used to Florida. They, Santa Claus, <laughs> Santa Claus gives you a high five, brings you in for a hug. Yeah, to go. Um, so, how did your travel go? You're you're down in Brazil. Oh right yeah, down there. So yeah, full day of traveling filled with the most stressful traveling day of my entire life, and that includes when I missed a flight to make it to Afghanistan. Um, yeah, but that—that's the military. Like they, like they'll just be like, "You're on the next one. Let's go." Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But that was my first time, so I was—I was crapping my pants, thinking I was gonna gonna miss the war. But but yeah. <laughs> so this time, so we, Gabby has an aunt that lives in the area that we live in, and we went over to her house probably four days before we were gonna travel. I think, no, three days, three days before we travel. 
and she had just gotten back from Brazil. So she's telling us all this stuff that we probably should have known, but we had no clue. So I don't know what the difference between a COVID test and a PCR COVID test is. Like, do you know any of that? No clue. So anyway, she told us we needed a PCR COVID test to get over there. And it takes 72 hours to get it back. Well, that was at night. So we only had 48 hours before we were going to travel to get this test. She said it would probably get there before, before 72 hours. But anyways, it was whatever. So we, we go the next day, we get these tests. They tell us we're going to get these back in 24 to 72 hours. I'm an optimist. So I was like, I can deal with that. They're probably going to give me this back in like a day. 18 hours. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Less than a day. And then the day before, I think I talked about this on the last one. I was on the phone for like six hours. They changed our flights, whatever. Long story short, we just had an extra flight. So we flew from Pensacola to Houston to Fort Lauderdale to Campinas, Brazil, to, to where we ended up. Early morning, we get to Houston, seven, seven o'clock flight. So we were there. Of course, we show up like three hours early because it's like an international flight. We thought, nope, like the gate, people aren't even there. Like you only had to show up five seconds before this flight. So whatever, that, that was fine. Like we were overprepared. So they asked for our passports there. They tell us our bags are going to get to make it the whole trip. And I was like, dang, this is way smoother than I would have expected. They didn't even ask us about that stupid PCR test. And we had a link to the website where our PCR test was going to tell us like that we're positive. So the whole day we're going to be checking this thing to, to make sure. But I thought since the first stop only asked for our uh for our vaccination cards um, that we were like, I was like, oh shit, they're not even going to check that thing. Like Gabby's aunt, like must not have, I don't know. Yeah. I thought maybe something changed from that then to now. So anyways, we get to Houston, smooth. Go to Fort Lauderdale, smooth. We had like a six, seven hour layover in Fort Lauderdale. And we're just like, oh. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You flew from Western Florida, Northwestern Florida to Houston. Yep. To Fort Lauderdale. Yep. yep. <laughs> some, no, dude, that, that was the day before it was just blowing my mind. And I just got to the point where I was like, I'll take whatever flight gets us there at the same time that our initial flights that they told us we right. had, we're going to get there. I was like, it was an extra stop. Because initially we were going to... I've had a couple of flights like that too, yeah. but it's just, that's fun. It right. could have been like a 10 minute flight. Well, the part that was killing me, was like, I was on the website of these people and I seen that there was flights directly from Pensacola to Fort Lauderdale. So we went third party. We will shit on Just Fly because no one listens to this anyways. I don't think Just Fly is going to... But we, we went through the site Just Fly. Basically... We were going to go from Pensacola, Orlando to Brazil, but no, whatever. Anyways, I'm on the phone with them. There's, there's flights that I can see. I was like, no, I can see your airline has a flight to this place. 
But anyways, it, it ended up going smooth. We were like, okay, we'll get over it. We, get it. we got an earlier morning, whatever. We, we're not going to get any sleep. That's going to be perfect because we have an eight-hour flight, so we'll sleep on that flight. But anyways, we're, we're in Fort Lauderdale, and we're waiting at the terminal. Mr. Patrick Giron gets called to the counter. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to get to pick, pick my seat. Like, I was like, oh, I'm so positive. I, I thought for sure I was getting upgraded to first class. And, and they're like, can I, can I see your COVID test? And we'd still been checking this thing. And it had said that they received our COVID sample or whatever the sample, but they haven't tested it. So like, I was like, it's there in the lab, but it's, it hasn't been tested. So I give her our COVID vaccination cards, just playing the dumb card because there, we were flying a Brazilian airline from Fort Lauderdale and then they speak perfect English. So I was like, okay, well, can't play that dumb, but, but then I was like, okay, so she explained we need the test. Like the COVID vaccination isn't good enough. So I call Gabby up to talk. I could, her first language was obviously Portuguese. She's a little bit scarier than me too, like more aggressive when it comes to stuff like that. So she's explaining to them, we got these tests. It should be there now. We're already lying. We're like, we got the test the day before. Like we, <laughs> we were trying to tell them that. We're like, so it's not even on us. Like we got it in the right amount of time. But then it turns to the point where they're like, no, you can't get on this flight unless, unless you have this COVID test. So she was distraught. She hadn't seen her family in three years. And, and the next flight was going to be at the seven o'clock at night the next day. So we were going to spend a whole 24 hours yeah. in Fort Lauderdale waste like a whole, I mean, she has a vacation built up, whatever. Anyways, it was going to be bad. I felt awful. But anyways, she had the idea. She was like, we're going to make a fake COVID test. Like, we're going to not like in my mind, I was like, all right, I'll roll with it. Like, we'll see how this goes. But then it starts creeping in my mind. I was like, this this might be a film like this. I, I admit I might tweet out what what we thought would pass as a because she she ended up making a pretty good email that said we had a negative test and she tells me to go up there by myself and show her that these tests came back and I was like oh man like my heart like sank I was like so you want me to go commit this felony by myself and to be <laughs> fair like your job actually matters if you commit a felony yeah so right? like being in the military that's gonna matter where yeah. like hers, like she can probably get another job without with a felony on record. Who knows if that's even a felony? I don't know. It, it could have been that. But so they say that like what uh Antonio Brown did was a felony. Like if you create a fake COVID vaccination card, I think that's a felony. Oh, so, so yeah, we I'm, were not I'm not hundred percent positive on that. That's what the wife is telling me. Is yeah. that that's a felony? Well, if that statement's true, then we were definitely getting ready to commit some felonies. But anyways, we make up yes, a prayer. We might want to cut this. This might be a conspiracy to commit a felony. No, no, no. Because the story, the well, story you're goes on. You're good. Yeah. Anyways. Just stay there. <laughs> we were crapping our pants. We had these fake ones come up. 
I was like, there's no chance there's going to make it. Cause there was one clear error in it. It was like, we received your test. It takes 72 hours to get your results back. Your results are negative. And I was like, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would it say it takes 72 hours and then your results are negative? I was going to do it. Like, I, like we were getting ready to stand in line, be nonchalant about it and just flash, flash that and try to walk by. But for some reason, Gabby was like, I'm going to check. The flight's already boarding. So like, shit. yeah, like two, like if this was a movie, it would be like when we were trying to cut the string of the bomb, it would have landed like in less than a second. Because then Gabby decides to check it one more time and our test came back. So, oh, nice. so like we rushed to the thing. Uh, they already had taken our bags off the plane. So the lady calls the guys and put our bags back on the plane. Those guys sounded like they were pissed. But, but we well, they care. can deal with it. That's the gig, right? Yeah. So we all get pissed about shit we got to do. So anyways, very stressful. We made it. It's been amazing ever since. Crazy. Yeah, my most stressful travel. So so what have you done since you got there? What, like, yeah, what kind so, of cool stuff have you done? So no, every day has been great. Every day we've, we've done something. I think I'm seeing the, the slighter better side of Brazil. Like I, I haven't been anywhere. So the worst, the worst thing I saw was like homeless dogs that I went and bought bread. Yeah. Or Gabby and I went and bought bread and started feeding homeless dogs. Um, People are so probably so fucking pissed at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, no, they, they, they were pretty sweet because like, like everybody liked this dog. Yeah. So we're here for so long that Gabby signed us up for a gym and a run club for the month. And we were doing the run club and the dog showed up at the run club. And then we got done running and we we're like, oh, we're going to get this dog some food. But whatever, that's that's the worst thing I ever saw. Other than that, amazing houses. Where we're staying at her, her mom's right now. So my future mother-in-law, and she owns, a factory so on this on the ground level of it we have a store and a factory upstairs is where she lives and in the basement it's like an airbnb so like we have all of our own space and i mean it's been amazing pools the weather's been good so since we've been here the weather's been good food's been amazing i've been treated I was telling you here later, I was telling Chris Jackie, I was like, I, I think this is what it's like to be a privileged dog in like a very, uh, very good household because I love all the people I've met so far. They feed me, they give me drinks, but I can't understand a single word that they're saying to me. And they talk to me like, like I know what's going on. So it ain't that bad being a dog. So. Now, you know. But anyways, we're going to roll into our first segment of the show, Mike Spicy Meatballs. For me, like, I'm having a real big issue with something being called a fumble when it moves forward, right? So so when the Washington football team, they have Kyle Allen, I think. I think Heineke is out at this point. So he's, like, scrambling to the right. Or whatever he starts to get tackled, he's attempting to throw the ball, and the ball pops like up and forward, right? So it's not like 
guaranteed like a forward pass. I didn't. I didn't get to watch as much football as as normal, but I do remember that play. And it was a fumble, right? That's what you think. No, you, I don't. Oh, see, I so my opinion. What I think the rule should be is that if the defense doesn't contact the ball and it moves forward, that's a forward pass. Keep in mind, Mike lost big bones on this game. I lost. <laughs> I lost a lot of people <laughs> this weekend. Oh, uh, shit. No, dude, you're up, but we'll get to that. Re- How? How is that even possible? A double dog. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think that should be, like, as long as the ball travels forward, it should be a pass, unless it is affected by the defense, right? So the defense hits his arm, right? I might not be thinking the same play, because this seemed clear to me that it was fumbled. I'm sure you are thinking it's the same play and it's clear to you that it's a fumble, but I don't think it can be a fumble the way we operate when everything is a pass in terms of other rules. If it moves forward, it's a forward pass. If if the defense hits the ball and knocks it out of his hands or hits his hand and knocks it out, then it's a different thing. Dude, he gets crushed. Like the ball's like against his chest and like bounces against his chest and then goes forward. No, it did not bounce against his <laughs> chest. Not in this play. But if the ball moves forward without the defense affecting, maybe and maybe it can come even down to the arm. If he hits his arm and it moves forward, then that's fine. I don't think that's what happened. That He's getting tackled. He goes like this, and the ball kind of pops out and moves a yard and a half, two yards down the field. That's a forward pass. Okay. And yeah, we might be thinking of different plays, but. We might be like it didn't go very far. I just think that every other rule in the NFL allows you to do anything you want with the ball as long as you throw it forward and it's a pass, right? As long as it moves forward and it's a pass. Same thing should go for that. It shouldn't be like subjective. If he hits his arm and he, and then it's subjective. But if he doesn't hit his arm, it's never subjective. It doesn't touch the ball, doesn't affect the ball. That's forward pass. Whether his hand moving forward or not, if the ball moves forward, that's what indicates forward pass. All right. I'm going to watch this play and we got to remember for next show. That is Mike's spicy meatball. And yeah. now get ready for our first guest ever. Now, welcoming to the show a very special guest. One of my favorite Packers of all time played for the Packers from 1989 to 1997. He was a 1993 all pro selection, Super Bowl 31 champion, 2013 inductee into the Packers Hall of Fame, Chris Jackie. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Thank you from way down south, I've learned. Yep, yep. I'm coming to you guys from Brazil. It's our first international show as well. So that's so we got true. A, a lot of first. You're our first guest, Chris. Uh Mike, Mike just hopped in here. Perfect timing, Mike. Yep. Right in the middle. Hey Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Chris? I can't complain. I hear you're from the, the large city of Wilton, Wisconsin. I, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I'm in Green you. Bay, and I honestly I'd never heard of Wilton, Wisconsin. So 
Uh, so uh, Pat probably never heard of Wilton, Wisconsin. He grew up 15 minutes from it. So that's true. Yeah. That's see, true. so like it's a so Pat grew up in a small town, and sure. I'm from a, like a minute town, right? Nice. So, so how's the weather in, in Brazil? I gotta ask. Oh, it's amazing. So it's it's obviously summer down here. So it's been between like 66 and about 84. So it's been perfect. That's nice. It's supposed, it's actually supposed to be 60 here in two days, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's, it's supposed to be pretty nice here in Wisconsin. In the middle of December, which is crazy. Right. I'm a, I've already got a bet with somebody that there's going to be golfers out on, on Wednesday. So I'd be out yeah. golfing. I got to find a golf course. I got to find a golf course down here. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Just got to rent some clubs. All right. Well, we'll get into it here. So I see that you were the founder of the Player Alumni Resources. So yep. what, what's that all about? Um, you kind of mentioned in 2013, I went into the Packer Hall of Fame and what comes along with that honor is you get asked to do a lot of different things, um, golf outings, charity events, speaking events. So I said, you know, I don't advertise myself to do it. I, I had, I had never, I'd done golf outings before, but through the Packers, so I decided, you know what, I'll start a website just for myself is how it initially started. Um, but I started reaching out to like William Henderson and Gilbert Brown, guys that were already doing this type of stuff. And I knew they were doing it. I just never had a real interest in doing it, you know, promoting myself. So I talked to those guys. I said, how are you promoting yourself? And it was more like shaking hands, meeting people, that type of stuff. They didn't have a website presence. So I kind of explained to them what I was thinking. And I just said, hey, if you guys you know, want to do this, I'll put your likeness on the website. You tell me what you like to do. Do you like to golf? Do you like to speak? Do you just like to sign autographs? You know, all this type of stuff. And I'll help facilitate that, you know, with the public, with you. And I'll take a small cut of the, of the fee that you collect. And they said, no problem. So that's in, a, in a, about 60 seconds how it started and, and what it is. And I got about, ugh, I haven't counted lately, about 50 guys on there right now. The majority oh, of awesome. which I played with that Super Bowl 31 team. There's a lot of good characters on there. They all have great stories for corporate speaking. Some of them play golf, some of them try and they shouldn't. Uh, but it's been fun. I've been doing it since 2013. We had a little slowdown because of COVID like everybody else last year, but it's picking back up because uh, people are getting sick of being afraid and staying indoors and starting to do things again. So that's how it started. And you know we're getting back in gear for it. That's awesome. And our next question is, you guys show up at bachelor parties ever to, to party? <laughs> I, I, I've had a, a few inquiries for a bachelor party or even a, I think there was a few years ago, there was someone that was getting married at Lambeau and they were asking, would guys come and be, you know, whatever it's called, best, not best man, but whatever that is. Best groomsman. It's been a long time since I've been married. Um, be groomsman. And I just said, eh, I don't think so. And just, <laughs> But so we get we get it all from autograph sessions to I, my wife and I, we work together a lot. She's an executive coach. She owns her own firm. And in April of next year, we're going to be speaking in front of 2000 people. So awesome. it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. It's a great way to, to meet new fans, uh, get reacquainted with some old ones that I may have come up or has me across. I hear a lot of stories about myself, or past teams that I've never heard of. So that keeps it enjoyable and fun. Awesome. 
Yeah. So that, that was going to be my next question. So I seen that I was doing a little bit of research and you and your wife have a podcast together. Yes. So like how, how often does that come out? And I, uh, I got one critique before you even start. I think you guys missed it without, uh, without calling it, kicking it with the Jackies. Kicking it with the Jackies. We thought, of, I think we actually, you're saying that's what we should have called it. That's that's what I thought. I we may have thrown that around, but if you've listened to it, and we haven't done one in a couple of months, my wife has or about a month. To answer your question, we try and do them to two a month. Um, we haven't in the last month or so because we've had some health issues here. We both got COVID. My wife oh, has a, another thing, so it's like you know what? Let's not pressure ourselves and just putting one out just to get it out. Let's wait for the new year and let everything settle back down. Um, I forgot where the hell I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> what did you ask? The, kick it, kicking it with the Jackies. That, oh, yes. That, that was um, my clear yeah. for the show. I was like, oh, dang. That's what we're we going If you've listened to we don't talk a lot about football unless there's something going on. I think I talked about when Aaron came out and said he was immunized, not vaxxed. You know, I talk about because I have to vent sometimes. Um, but we do a lot of um, – my wife has her own book. Talked a little bit about that, and we try to talk about everyday things. We we talked about COVID. We talked about cancel culture, you know, CRT, the whatever that thing is called. I forget what the acronym for uh, yeah. critical race theory. We've talked about, so we talk about a lot of different things that are happening, not just football. I, I listened to the the last one that came out because I was like, oh, I don't even know you had a podcast. And one <laughs> of the things I loved on it was you were talking about like music lyrics that you used to think, but like you, you didn't know. Yeah. Every time like I, yeah. Real yeah, round and round. I got round and round for rats. Uh, big old jet airliner. I thought it used to be like, let's go down to Atlanta. You know, just, I, you, you mess up the words when you're young or you've been drinking, whichever comes first. Um, you tend to make up the words yourself, the songs. So we, we kind of incorporated that and we've discovered we've messed up a lot of songs. In our I was going to say, my, my favorite one I've ever heard like that was someone thought, you know, the song Beast of Burden. Like, yeah. I don't want to be your beast of burden. Beast, yeah. so, so they thought it was, I can smell your pizza burning. <laughs> I'm going to have to write that one down. <laughs> I, I may have to mention that one. I can smell your pizza burning. I can't not hear that when that song comes. I'm writing that down. It's a good one. Yep. That's so, Rolling Stones, correct? Um, Beast of Burden. You stumped me. I'm not oh, good with it. You don't I'm know not good. Beast of Burden? Well, you're I, only I think, 30, you're I think only 30 it's the one, so you're fine. I think it's the Rolling Stone. It's Rolling Stone. It is. All right. Yes. All right. Well, we will get into the interview here. And I do kind of want to go back in time just because. I just want to know like what it took to be an NFL kicker and like sure. what, what made you chose choose that route. So like in high school, did you play other positions or like, did you know, right away, like, Hey, I'm going to be the guy. Um, no, I, I never played other positions in football from seventh. I didn't play football until seventh grade. Um, and I found out quickly, I wasn't athletic enough. I wasn't fast enough to be a wide receiver or running back or, any of that stuff. But at the same time, I was playing soccer and baseball. So I was playing both those sports and kicking footballs from seventh grade all the way through high school and college, and obviously into the NFL. So I was, you know, and then on top of that, I was playing club soccer. So I mean, in soccer, I grew up in Dallas. 
Um, in soccer down there is year round. It's like up here in Wisconsin, you only play <laughs> while, while you can when the weather allows it. Whereas in Dallas, there's always a fall league, a spring league, and a summer league. So I, even when I was playing high school football, I was still playing club soccer and high school soccer all at the same time. So no, I just I don't know. If, I didn't like getting hit. You know, I, I say, what what position in football do you, do you not get hit? It was it was punter and kicker, and I did both. So awesome. Yeah. So I was gonna say this, Mike. This is for you, for your kids. If <laughs> teach them how to be a kicker young, that sounds like a smart answer. Yeah. So who got you into football then in seventh grade? Uh, in Texas, it's it's what you do. <laughs> it's um, you know, my parents. They supported myself and my brother in anything we chose to do, whether it was football or soccer or baseball. Or I think I even tried basketball when I was 11 or 12. It was horrible. That was just not my sport. Uh, still despise it to this day, I think, because of that. Uh, but no, I just it was in Texas. I mean, football was king. Even soccer wasn't that big back in the 70s and 80s when I was in high school or even prior to that. So there weren't many options. You had to play football, especially if you wanted to be cool. Then, then how do you know? So you went, to, you went to UTEP. Yes. So, so how did that process go? Like, did they see? Um, I just, it was the only school that offered me a full ride. And, you know, I, okay. I came from a family that was probably lower to middle class. And, and if I can get a free education without putting a burden on my parents, um, I thought it was the best thing to do. I could have walked on. I think they wanted me to walk on at TCU at the time. I think Jim Wacker was the coach back then, back when he was, what was that then? 84, I guess. Too bad. Uh, I could have walked on at Baylor uh, also. Too bad. Uh, you didn't get to that. And these aren't cheap schools and they wanted me to walk on. And I'm just like, I can't do that to my family. I just can't. And UTEP offered the scholarship and I said, where do I sign? That's what I was going to say. You could have been at SMU when it was real fun. Yeah, they were they were fun to watch. I remember watching, you know, Eric Dick. It, it, not that I know what you're talking about, man. The past. No, that, they were fun to watch though. Growing up as a kid, Eric Dickerson and James was that his name? The other running back, Craig. Yeah, James, he's a pony broadcaster now. Yeah, they were they were good back then, but then they got the death penalty, and I still I don't think they've recovered since. Yeah, I think they were ranked like one time in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. So, something like that. But then, then with your UTEP career, you got to see that program turn around pretty big yep. from when you joined in 84, they were two and nine to when you left in 88, they were 10 and three. Right. Uh, we had a great coaching staff when I left. Um, some of the Bob Stahl was the head coach, but some of the coaches underneath him were Andy Reid. He was, oh, the, really? I think he was either the tight ends or the line coach. Um, our quarterback coach was Dirk Cutter, and he's he's a, he's been an NFL head coach. I feel I think he's still coaching somewhere. Uh, Marty Morningwig was a, was a GA at the time, and he's been a he was a Detroit Lion head coach for a while. So we had a lot of great talent on the coaching staff, and we had a great that team I played on in that year, my final year, my senior season was a, very similar to the the guys that I played with in the Super Bowl winning team. We all got along. We had a a lot of clowns on the team and just, it was just, it was just fun. And it just gelled together all at the right time. Yeah. You got to see two, two organizations kind of turn around, but I did yep. want to bring up. So you guys go 10 and three your senior year, and then you run into 
maybe someone that you were promoting <laughs> with. Uh, in yeah, the, we in went the to uh, the big Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. And yeah, we, uh, the quarterback on our team, his name was Pat Haggerty, and he and I and a couple other guys, uh, the quarterback on the other team um, asked us to meet him out. And we said, sure, we'll meet him out. And I heard he's uh, pretty good. He, and he, he, he could drink a lot. He loved Jack Daniels. And I cannot touch the stuff since 1988. When, when, but the quarterback's name was Brett Favre. And he was a oh, sophomore in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, my boy could drink even back then, man. It was That's rough. so cool that he asked you guys to go out with them. Oh, you don't even, yeah. You don't even, even when they, when they traded for him in 92 or 91, whatever it was, I didn't even remember the name. Brett Favre, really? because I, I just, I just didn't. It had been Wild four night. years or three yeah, years. Yeah, you blacked just, out pretty hard that <laughs> night probably, right? Uh, I did not black out. I remember I made it to the back of the bus, and then our tight end comes stumbling back, and he makes it about halfway back, and he just pukes all over the bus. I did not lose my cookies, and I did not pass out. All right. Um, Was that strategy by Favre in order to go like, get all <laughs> you guys drunk so you come play the next day? Uh, if it was, we didn't care. <laughs> we were Fair enough. Time. There you go. Yeah, and yeah, I guess he kind of answered my next question: is Hey, you didn't remember who he was when when he got to the NFL? Yeah. So, so obviously in that game, you, you weren't just like, okay, this kid's this kid's no, got something. He what? So you weren't like what you know playing in the Independence Bowl, watching Brett Favre, uh, and just being like, this, this guy's going to be something. No, just, you know, I was more concerned about how we were playing, actually, because we, we ended up losing that game. And, you know, just it, it, did, it didn't occur to me, you know, how good he was even then, because I'm watching our guys. You know, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I was watching when we were when they were on offense, I was watching our defense. I wasn't really concerned about Brett Favre. So. Yeah. So when did, when did you start realizing that you might have a chance to get drafted? Uh, probably about midway through my senior year. Um, yeah, you, you had a hell of a yeah. senior year. I, I, it, I, I say a lot of different things came together. We had a winning season, a bowl season. I think I only missed two kicks that year. I think I, I, I made like 50 extra points or something. 49, 49 for 49. 49. I was averaging up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just, I think I set school records. I think I set the Western athletic conference record for field goal percentage. And they started actually, the school started pumping me up for all American, which didn't hurt either. And, you know, as every, in everything, publicity helps and just things just came together. I mean, I had a good year. The team had a good year, went to a bowl game, got a lot of national exposure. And it was probably about midway through that season that, even the head coach would come to me and goes, and we've got guys asking about, you You know, special teams coaches and personnel in, in the NFL. And I said, well, that's great. I go, let's, let me get through this season. But no, don't make me nervous. That, yeah. That's awesome. Cause it, yeah. Cause I was looking at the numbers beforehand and I was like, mm -hmm. I wonder, I wonder when he started getting looks, but yeah, it made sense. Yeah. yeah. About midway through the season. Cause, cause we, as a team were getting noticed a lot because we were, I think we were undefeated, so we went and played in Wyoming and got our hand, our you know what's handed to us. But um, yeah, we were getting. I think we were, were ranked before that, so we were getting national exposure at the right time. And then 1989 comes around, and you're the sixth pick, or I mean, sixth round pick, 
hundred. I wish that was the sixth. Pick. Yeah, I was gonna say because Tony Mandridge was probably the sixth or whatever pick of that draft. He so was they, the was he the second pick? Cowboys think, had the first pick. They took Aikman, and then we had the second pick and took and took Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, think there's. Like, I think there are five Pro Bowlers or five Hall of Famers. Yeah, we don't talk about that. You're from Wisconsin. You should know better. <laughs> that got drafted uh, in the first um, six picks. The only there one there that were some okay was. guys. I think Barry Sanders was in that list. And who yeah. else was on there? Derek Thomas, the linebacker, I think, was in there. Troy Aikman was one. Troy Derek Aikman Thomas was, was in there. Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders. Deion maybe Sanders. that was. Maybe that's – there's four out of the five. It could be. Yeah. It. Yeah, I, yeah. They were okay. I wasn't in charge of management at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the Packers didn't miss with their six-round pick. They got their kicker for the next, what was it, 89 to 97, eight years, eight years. In, yeah. that, in that. Yeah, that so. was fun. I mean, it was it was Green Bay. I in, in the how the process worked back then before it's become so I – mean, you, got, you got schools having visits for everybody to come in, and back then it just didn't work that way. I worked out for, I think, the Los Angeles Raiders at the time, the Denver Broncos, and the special teams coach from, from Green Bay came down, and I thought for sure I'd work out for him, but never did. We just went and had a coffee, believe it or not, at um, Burger King. We talked for a half hour, and that was it. That was it, and I thought, well, that was fun. We got a free coffee out of it. Um, yeah. So my agent thought I was going to one of the other two teams, the Broncos or, or the Raiders, and Packers called on the second day. They thought I would be going anywhere between the third, you know, as early as the third, but, you know, there's no guarantees of that. And, and the Packers called. And I was I was excited just to be drafted. I mean, it's just it's just cool to be drafted. Especially as a kicker. I mean, I don't know how it worked, like, back, back in 89. But how, how many rounds do you remember? Or there were a dozen back then. Dozen, so, 12 rounds. Yeah, I think I was the first kicker taken, and I think Pete Stojanovich was taken in the eighth round, two rounds later. And he had and he had an excellent career as well. So because even with a seven round draft nowadays, if you get picked in the sixth round as a kicker, you're you're doing something right. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So then you come to a struggling Packers team back there, and then you get to see it all turn around and then yep. go yeah, into we, the um, yeah, we, when I got there in 89, we you know my rookie season was was it was an extension to my senior year in college. It just having the time of my life. We were we were winning um, the cardiac pack. I think we went ten and six, just missing the playoffs. Um, got to meet a lot of different characters. You know, Don Mikowski and Don Don Bracken was the punter, and you know Brian Noble and you know Sean Patterson was a good friend. And it was just fun when you're a rookie and, and you're winning. You're having a lot of game winning kicks, and you're and you're in the NFL. I mean, what could be better? And Unfortunately, the, the following two years, it kind of, you know, we got flushed. Yeah. Which go led to better and bigger things, though. Yeah. You go from 10 and 6, then you go 6 to 10, 4 and 12. Yep. And, and then we get Ron Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. He changes it all around. You know, he starts bringing in the coaching staff and makes the trade for Brett Favre and, you know, trades for Reggie and all these guys. And, it took a few years to build it. As you, if you remember, we had, we had a problem with Troy Aikman and those Dallas Cowboys in the, in the mid-90s. It took us a while to get over that hump, but we finally did. And, I mean, there was those good 49er teams, too. 
Oh, which yeah. there were, which there I were. wanted to bring up. So this this is a reason. So I was six back in 1996, right. and there was a Monday night game. I don't know if you remember it. It was October. I, 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 how old do you think I am? Of course I remember that. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they can't forget it. Uh, you go five for five kicking field goals, hit a 31-yarder to tie the game, and then hit, I think it was a record at the time, a 53-yard field goal. Yep, in overtime. Yep. That, that was yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun game, and you, you kind of mentioned – I mentioned the Cowboys, the dynasty they kind of had in the 90s, but the 49ers were right there with them. I think we were 7-1 or 8-1 going into that game, and no one was really taking us serious you know, because we, we hadn't beaten those teams. So from a team standpoint, we finally beat one of those teams that everybody thought would be in the Super Bowl every year, uh, being the Cowboys or the 49ers, and I think people started taking us serious that night. And we went through a lot that game. We, we lost to Robert Brooks that game. Don Beebe stepped up, had a great game. Obviously, the defense played well. So I think, was, I think like even – I think Antonio Freeman actually went down in that game when he broke – did he break his arm in that game, I think? Might have. But, yeah, we were – It could have been. I'm testing your six-year-old memory now. Yeah, because Beebe – well, you're, you're testing my 15 minutes ago before this interview started – uh, memory and it's 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 already failing me but i i know bb had like 220 he had over 200 yards receiving right Jeez. so it would make sense that brooks and antonio freeman were not right field. so yeah i mean it was it was just a fun game i mean it just and it, what, what was cool for me is after the game actually steve young came up and and, and she just shook my hand and said great kick and i was like yeah, steve young i mean here i'm playing i got brett Favre on the team but steve young I mean, yeah. he was a, a stud at the time and that's an all-time classic so i think i'm gonna link that that might be the prerequisite before you you listen to this Sorry. interview on ours i think I'm that's true put a link to that game so the, the only thing that bugged me they don't have the score on the bottom the whole time it just flashes every once in a while so so that's the way it used to be <laughs> like they didn't put that stuff on the tv at all no no things have changed quite a bit since when he was six years old. <laughs> yeah. Mike was I mean, so I don't got much. I only got like four years on, but it's enough. Oh, great. Because <laughs> Mike was saying his first Packers memory was uh, Don Mikowski going down. So my, my yeah, so, memory. and it's not even a true Packers memory, right? So, like, I'm in, like, the other room, like, playing with my Ninja Turtles or something. And I remember my dad kind of, like, you know, just being exasperated with, like, Oh man, not, what are they going to do now? Mikowski got just got hurt, and so, uh, yeah. like, that's what I remember is like my dad being upset because Mikowski had gotten hurt, and they, he didn't think right. they had a chance then. You know, so did you yeah, remember that? Game? I mean, well, we were all upset. I mean, nobody, even the players on the team. I think the only person that knew that Brett Favre could be good was probably Ron Wolf. Yeah, I don't even I'll be honest. I don't even think Mike Walker knew at the time. But I, obviously, Ron Wolf knew something, but the rest of us didn't. And again, I was good friends with with Don Mikowski, and I was saying, "Shoot, he goes down. We're done. We're done." And we learned within what a month, Brett Favre was pretty good. Yeah, because I I think that game did, and you you probably remember this better. I didn't research this one because you, you guys were playing the Bengals. I want to say, yeah, yeah. That's he when he had his first touchdown, the kick trick down. Yeah, we ended up winning the game. Sterling Sharp there. Yep. All right. So from there, 
96, 97, you guys end up winning the Super Bowl. I, I think, and I mean, obviously, we're, we're a pretty biased podcast, but one of the best teams of all time. And do you have any good stories from that? Oh, I, I mean, other than hitting five field goals in, in a <laughs> night and winning a game 23 to 20 in overtime. It's just, it's, it's, it's everything. And I talk about this a lot when I do speaking engagements, just the transformation that that organization and a team went through in five years to win a Super Bowl. Um, a trivia question I always ask is how many players were left over from the Lindy Infante era that made it to that Super Bowl? And I'll give you about five seconds and I'll tell you. 13. No. Three. No. You? Close. What? Two, two. Oh. There were two of Leroy Butler and myself. Awesome. So I mean, when, so you're as a player. I mean, even I was like, shoot, are they gonna get rid of everybody? I mean, <laughs> even though you're performing at a high level, you, you think they just want to bring in their own guys. There's always that with new coaching staffs or a new general manager. Regardless of how good a player might be, sometimes they just want their guy in there. And it, fortunately, I was able to hang on, and so was Leroy. But, I mean, they fired the medical staff. Um, obviously, they got rid of the, the managers. They, they changed the entire identity of that organization, not just from the players, but everybody internally, too. Your job was not safe. And they made Green Bay a place people wanted to, to come to. You know, their first trade was for Reggie White. And as far as you know, I always say, as far as great as he was on the field, he became an ambassador for people to come to Green Bay. We got, you know, Ryzen, Ryzen to come to the team when we needed them, when, when BB, or not BB, but when Robert Brooks and Antonio Freeman went down with injuries, he got, he talked him into coming, but he also got him to come here with the understanding that you can't be an asshole with all, you know, don't come, leave the, leave the baggage at home. We just want to come here. We're here to win a championship. Um, Reggie was just great at doing that. He got a lot of free agents to come here that probably wouldn't have looked at Green Bay um, otherwise. What tactics did he use in order to do that? He prayed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was never, I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. That would have been a great question to ask him, you know, how did you sell Green Bay? I think he sold Green Bay that if we were, and Mike Holmgren did this in one of his first team meetings when he came to Green Bay is, if we can win a championship, or actually Mike would say when we win a championship, Players in this city will be treated like gods. And I, you know, it's, I'm not trying to insult religion or God or anything, but you understand what he was saying. Because of how tight knit the state and the city are, you will be remembered forever. And I yeah. think that was a big selling point. You guys, if we can win a Super Bowl here, you will be remembered forever. And here I am. What is it now? I think they have the 25 year anniversary of the Super Bowl this year. And people, you know, I still get letters in the mail with, pick, you know, tops cards to sign and mail back. And I'm sure other fellows do too. I got a rookie so, card that's coming your way. Is it, is it that purple one? <laughs> I, I liked the flow in the, you ever, you ever yeah. missed that? The, the, the hair, nice long yeah. hair. Now it just grows in places you don't want it when you get old. <laughs> what were you saying? Something for you to look forward to. Uh, so you obviously enjoy being in Green Bay. What made you stay? Uh, my first wife was from Green Bay, and we had two children, and obviously, growing up in Dallas, I wasn't going to move back to Dallas. 
um, and split up a family or take the boys. I have two boys. We have two boys. You know, I'll take them for six months and you could have them in Wisconsin. But that just wasn't going to work. Um, I still have a lot of connections here, a lot of friends here. Um, so I just, you know, I'll make this home. Raise my raise our kids here separately um, as divorced parents, as we did, and it has worked out fine. You know, my youngest son works here in Green Bay. My oldest son went to West Point, graduated in 2016. He's coming home from Germany next this Sunday. Actually, I haven't seen him in about a year, so I'm excited to see him. So uh, that's just how it worked out. It just God had a plan, and my plan, His plan for me was to stay in Green Bay, and I met my wife, current wife, now here in Green Bay. So very cool. I think I thank him for that. I wish he, we could have skipped the first one and gone right to her, but that's another. <laughs> another well, then you wouldn't have the. Maybe West that's Point a Jackson's on the job podcast. Yeah, maybe. There you go. So ninety six, ninety seven, you guys win the Super Bowl, right? And then you get cut, or what happened? Like, what was the whole? My my contract essentially expired. I finished a three year contract and. What I what I kept thinking early on when when Ron Wolf and all them came in happened after my contract expired. They just wanted to go in a different direction. Um, it sucks, you know. You didn't. I didn't see it coming. You know. You think you're going to play? Every player thinks they're going to play in this in, in, with one team for the, their whole career, or they, at least they did back then. Maybe I think maybe a little different now. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll um, see how that goes. We're going to try to get him to stay. Do what? I said we're gonna try to get him to stay. Yeah, forever. he should, but I don't. I, who not? Who, that guy. Yeah, never mind. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll they, just the didn't, they, didn't, they, they just didn't resign me. So. And then so. after that, I don't. Were you hurt or anything? Because you went to Pittsburgh for a tryout. No, they, they, they actually hurt. they actually signed me, and I I loved it there. It was very similar to. Um, here in Green Bay, a blue collar town, a little, obviously a little bigger than Green Bay, but great rich history of football. Um, obviously Steelers are right up there with, with the Packers as far as a rich history. And I did get hurt during training camp. And I was really disappointed because I thought, you know, hey, I found another home, very similar to what Green Bay was like. And Bill Cower was an excellent coach. Um, loved talking with him. And it just didn't work out. I got hurt. And then I ended up um, really not playing that year. I think I ended up playing one game in at Washington because their kicker got hurt at the end of the season, and I ended up going to um, where was that before? But anyway, I ended up in Arizona for about a year and a half, and then I actually my body gave out. I I, I hurt my ankle, my lower back. I've had two surgeries, and you wouldn't imagine a kicker kicker's body wearing out, but it did. And I just in 2000 I decided I don't want to do this anymore. It isn't worth it. And so I, I want to be able to walk someday. My kids, I'll have kids. I want to be able to play with my grandkids someday. Uh, so I was thinking big picture. And, you know, I had a Super Bowl. I played 11 years, had the best time of my life. But there were new chapters to be written. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, all good reasons. And, and I could see that, like, with kicking. And I, I don't know how the, uh, like, sports medicine was back then. But, like, you're, right. you know, working one leg way more than the other leg you, yeah you there, there, there was no there was no gluten-free back then or keto <laughs> yeah. or yoga well there was yoga but you know yeah guys take care of themselves a lot better now that's evident by guys like rogers or brady like the guys yeah. that last into their 40s like even guys who have way more contact with them 
their careers are right. after. Well, I saw, I think it was over the weekend, there's a, is there an offensive lineman for, is it the, the Washington football team? He's, he's 39, or maybe he's a Jaguar or a Panther or something. The, ba- the Bears, the Bears um, left tackle, I think is 39. Is that who it was? Maybe that's why. I it think so. Makes sense, makes sense why they were talking about it. Though, the Bears. Yeah. yeah, and he got hurt last night. Yeah, offensive lineman. That's impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys, they, they take better care of themselves. and Maybe they don't drink as much as we did. Or, you know, obviously my generation didn't drink as much as the Lombardi generation, thank God. Yeah, because I was going to say, too. Shoot, I, I actually forgot where I was going with this. Because I had a, a big leg question. Like, when you got your guys like Zerline, almost a six. I seen him miss a field goal like off the middle of the goalpost from 59 yards. Uh-huh. So just like the evolution of the game, I guess maybe they're kicking different balls now. Oh yeah. So where I was going with it, like quarterbacks playing for that long, I seen a hit in the, the Monday night gamer that I was talking about where you went five for five where Brett Favre just got obliterated. Like <laughs> it was definitely, a, if anybody, I hope everybody listened to this, watch this game beforehand. Because it just looked like he'd be dead after that. Yeah, they 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 really protect quarterbacks these days. I even I, even as a kicker, I get frustrated. I, I I just like I used to. I there's a defensive back I used to play with, Chuck Cecil. I don't know oh, if yeah. I remember the name. Bloody nose. He'd, he'd still be he'd still be in debt to the NFL for five <laughs> as much as he did. So it's um yeah it's it's a different game it's it's the focus is it's like a video game in my opinion they want lots of points they you know they want to protect the quarterbacks because they're the they're the ones that make the, the, the offenses go and defense I'd hate to be a defender like you know like a Chuck Cecil I just can't imagine him playing it today he would he would never make it you, you just you can't hit people anymore yeah yeah well and like even when I grew up. Things were different, like the way you hit people, even in for us. So I played high school football from 2000 to 2004, and we were all okay leading with our helmet, head down. They told you right. not to, but nobody said a word. If you no. did it and you made a good hit, right? right? They were they were happy with the hit. They didn't care what your brain looked like afterwards. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I, I understand what the NFL t- tries to do. I mean, it, the, like the head down thing. But every time you see a running back come through the line, where's their head? Yeah, so when they put it down, it's not a problem. Their head is down coming through the line. I've yet to see a penalty thrown on a running back for lowering his helmet. You're you're speaking my language right now, Chris. You're speaking my language. There's no continuity to what they're trying to accomplish. It's all all geared toward making high-scoring games, in my opinion. That's all it is. Yep, it, it is like a video game. That's that's how I played when I was six, watching you, yeah. just just trying to score a hundred points before the end of the game. Yeah. Well, even co- even coaches, I think, approach it like a video game because these coaches are younger. I mean, yeah. you would have never seen. Was it two weeks ago when we played the Rams? The Rams from their own thirty-five or forty go for it on fourth down in the first quarter. Yeah, you, you would you just and you, you would never have seen that back in you know ten years ago either. It just so it's the game is changing. That's what they want. I mean, it's a product for people to enjoy, and obviously, the NFL makes money from commercials and sponsors and all that. If you got a high score, high scoring, exciting game, there's more demand for it. 
Yeah, protect your quarterbacks to make sure but, uh, to yeah, ensure but that's us old coming. school football guys are going. We're scratching our heads, going, "This, this isn't what football was supposed to be like." I want to jump into what you're seeing with this clown show of a special teams performance <laughs> that we we've been seeing. If it's not the kicking, it's the punt returns. If it's right. not the punt returns, it's the kick returns, and just what you're seeing with what's wrong with. Especially just getting into the specifics with the long snap, hold, kick. Like, because obviously you're going to know better than right. Well, well, let's let's we'll we'll approach Mason first. Right, I think he's fine. Don't get. I I think he's fine. I think he's he had a patch there where he just wasn't comfortable with the snapper and the holder issues. But even in the subsequent couple of games where he was still missing, everything looked good. So it was a mind thing with with Aaron and my. We'll get to we'll get to his head case in a second. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. Bleep that off. Um, I think it's a head thing in Mason's head that he's just he's it's got it's a confidence thing. And I think you know, he went four for four. I know he shanked one out of bounds last night, but you know that that stuff happens. It just I think well he could have very easily slipped or something on that that they right. didn't show. Right? It, I didn't even realize. I, I think I was cutting up some more food for for our guests at the time, and I came back. I go. How'd they get to the and this is they'd already run back a couple of special teams kicks. And I go, did they have another big return? And my son said, no, Mason kicked it out of bounds. I go, well, damn, that doesn't help. Anyway, so but the special teams, they're diabolical. I mean, let's just let, let's just call it what it is. Um, they they haven't been good all year. Uh, it's it's to me, and this is coming from a kicker. Keep in mind, it is the most important phase of the game. It, it determines momentum. It determines field position. It, it determines, you know, the excitement on the field. I mean, if you have, if you're giving up, that's a deflator, kicking the ball out of bounds or giving up a big return. It's a momentum changer. It's an emotional deflator if that happens. So special teams is very important. So if this team has aspirations of going to a Super Bowl or going deep in the playoffs, they've got to figure out a way to fix it. And I don't, I don't know. And I think I saw the floor come out and say they're not getting rid of the, the special teams coach. Uh, I don't know what else he has to do to prove that he does. He, they need to find something new. And I don't think they can bring someone in off the off the street. That makes no sense. But there's got to be someone internally they could bring up, even if maybe Lafleur took it over himself. Um, there, but there's got to be something there, which we're, we're we just don't know is happening. Because yeah, that's that's what I'm curious about too. Because I mean, we're big football fans. We we watch the game a lot, but like I don't know, like what's going on? Are like guys not staying in their lanes? Like I I don't know if you noticed because I guess that'd be hard to see just on like yeah, that's hard to see on TV. I mean, that that comes down to coat. I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. That'd be interesting to see. But this but it's been happening all season. We we don't have good return teams. Our coverage teams are. You know, last night they were horrible. I mean, they haven't been good, but last night they were flat out bad. So something's got to change. Well, we have four games left, then this in the playoffs. Yeah, something's got to change, and we're not going very far. Special teams, in my opinion, is that important. And I mean, if if we lose at any aspect of the game, like obviously right now it's going to be special teams because I mean we even had that muff punt like in. Oh no, never mind. I got called back. But but anyway, we've had we've had muff punts. Where the guy, right. where the other team gets it inside the twenty, and the defense holds, and only right. gets the field goal. So, yeah. fix that. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot catch a punt with your face mask. I mean, that's 
that's that's fair catch 101. Uh, what are your thoughts when there is a big return as a kicker? Where where does your mind go as soon as you know that you're in the play and having to make a play? <laughs> make it look as realistic as possible without getting hurt. You <laughs> okay. just kick. We're not. I mean, we have no pads on basically. Uh, I made a few tackles over my years, and you don't feel good tackling those guys. It's just you don't have a mouthpiece. I mean, you don't have pads on, and you you a lot of kickers. I mean, I've watched I'm watching the games, and you see a lot of kickers just make an effort and yeah. do a little and do a little flop just to make it look good. You see them you know? juke me out, man. Yeah. He was running straight. <laughs> there was no juke. No. Yeah, that happened. Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker did that to me one time, because because most of those little guy, little guys that are returning kicks are little guys. Herschel Walker was not, and he was not a juke. He ran me over one year in the Metrodome. What would your coaches tell you to do? Did they tell you like? Oh, they're telling you to make you, you got to make the you got to make the tackle. You got to make okay. the tackle. So that's okay. why that's why we got to do a really good act acting job for them. <laughs> Just make that business decision. Yeah, just you know, don't use your legs. You know, I've seen kickers. I've seen kickers do that. They try and trip them. I go, don't use your legs. You, you, that's your bread and butter. Your legs. If you break a leg, you're done. Yeah. See, and I think to be fair, like it's really important to have a good kicker. And we watched that with like the Bears, where they couldn't find a, a guy for a couple years. Right. And I don't know that it's not that guys are not talented. I think that it's got that guys get in their own head, right? And if right. you have a guy that stays out of his head, he can make those clutch kicks like you or like Mason or right. um, who else was real good for the Packers? Longwell, like Long any well. of those type of guys. Right? Sure, yeah. Like yeah. guys that can consistently make it. Right. You don't want them hurt either because no, replacing them is tough. Well, it's, it's, it's points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, I, you see that all the time, especially this season with Mason on social media. We got to get rid of them. And I keep asking, go, who are you going to bring in? Exactly. You got to answer that question. You're going to bring in someone off the street who can't make 30 other teams, but you're going to bring them to Green Bay in December? (laughs) That usually shuts them up. But yeah, I mean, Mason's going to be fine. I'd rather have Mason in a slump kicking here in December and January than some guy off the street. Let's put it that way. So I really like the answer. Somebody just bring somebody in. I love that answer. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Give me one name. Right. And they don't have one. There are none. Yeah. Mason and, will be I, fine. and I'm never one to call for like a kicker's head or anything like that. Cause I mean, they go in a funk and then, cause even, even I feel like when I was rewatching stuff from the season where you end up going five for five, going on that stretch, like there were, there was a little struggle before you get that game. And yep. then, then obviously the yeah. rest is history, but I mean, you guys didn't have much. I mean, you had one of the best kick returners of all time. You had you. Yeah. Mean, I mean, we had a, we had a Nolan Cromwell it was an excellent, you know, special teams coach. And we put, I don't know. I don't know how much time they put in to special teams nowadays. I know. We there was a special teams practice thirty minutes prior to every practice <laughs> during the week on Thursday, Friday. Plus, there's a special team session during practice. So I know 
we put a lot of effort, and I'm assuming it's the same now. I just, I can't imagine there isn't, but there was a lot of effort. I mean, we had Desmond Howard. We had guys that were motivated on coverage teams. William Henderson was a rookie that year, and he was on every coverage team, the return team uh, on the roster. So it was, a lot of guys made their names because of special teams on that team. Before we get too far, I'll have to be honest. The first time Mason had his funk, you know, five years ago or whatever, five years ago, I was yep. calling for his head. I've since changed yeah. my mind on that. So I was I have, not. I've evolved. I was praying the season ended because I mean, it was all in his head. I mean, that was it was so obvious. A lot of times when a kicker goes out for a kick, the camera kind of goes in real close up. And he just had that lost look in his eyes like, he, like I tell my you know, my wife, I go, he's not going to make it. I go, he's already, he's already missed inside his head. And sure enough, he missed. So it's, it's, there's a lot kickers. I mean, everyone's mental. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a kicker or a quarterback, but um, when you're in a funk, you're in a funk. And sometimes the season ending is the best cure, which it was for him. He came back and I think they oh, yeah. gave him an incentive, incentive laden contract. And I think he, you know, was all pro basically. Yeah. He's crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not this year, but yeah, I, I still have faith. So I, I'm not worried about Mason so much yeah. as is the rest of the special team. Um, yeah, they scare me. Yeah. So when you were kicking, though, it was usually the backup quarterback, right? That was holding the ball. Mm-hmm. What What do you think pushed the change? Where like now punters, it seems well, like more- I started that actually, actually, punters were the primary holders during my time, too. Okay. Um, there was a time when we had a Paul McJulian was a punter here for a while, but he didn't know how to hold. So Don, or not, um, Don Mikowski was my holder. And then when he went down, Brett Favre became my holder, which was scary as shit. He, he, he hated it, was horrible at it, would let go of the ball. And, you know, just, that would be me too. I would have the finger on it. I never, <laughs> I never let my friends get a good kick. I would pull my yeah. finger. Oh, he would, I mean, there's, there, if you Google it, there's pictures out there of him doing this with his finger. And he would always, Tell me before I kick. He goes, go, Chris, don't kick my finger. I go, Brett, I'm not going to kick your finger. <laughs> but I, I said, Brett, if you lift, if you let go of the ball, I will kick it next time. But he became the nice starter. And then Dom, I think they suited him up as number two. So then he was, he was back to being my holder. So but yeah, Prime, um, Craig Hentrick was my holder, Dom Bracken when I first came in. Um, so yeah, even for me, it was primarily punters that were holding. Okay. For some reason, I just always remember like Doug Peterson or something holding. Maybe it was just because it was in the video games. Uh, he, was, the- he was like a third backup, I believe. He may have held. Blair Keel held for a while. Again, this was all during that time we had a punter that didn't know how to hold. So I think you're right. I think Doug Peterson was a backup. Um, Blair Keel was, I think they were actually switching Doug Peterson and Blair Keel. They were two and one would be number that's the backup quarter one week, and then they'd be number three the following the next week. And so I was alternating during the season with two different holders, which was a nightmare. But oh, I bet no one didn't listen to me. Is that a is that a really like a specialty position that when you change that out, it's going to affect <clears throat> your kicking a lot? It can, um, as long as they're good at it. I mean, most punters, I know they brought in a new punter. Is this his first year, this new guy? Oh, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he had done it in the past, so I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but it's when they brought in the new snapper, now that takes some time to get used to. 
but it shouldn't take more than a week in my opinion. So I, you know, I'll give Mason you know, a little bit for maybe one game, but after that, it's all on him. So but he's, he's figuring it out. So with that, we don't want to keep you for too much over an hour here. Yeah, so what, almost my bedtime. Yeah, what, what's your prediction on how the Packers season is going to go here? Well, let's see. We got the Ravens next. Um, and, and actually, a couple of weeks ago, that game kind of scared me a little bit because we're there. But um, Lamar Jackson now injured is my understanding. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see that being a problem if he's hurt. And then who do we got? The Browns after that? Browns. Uh, let me pull uh, up. The Browns rest. should not be a Browns should not be a problem. Vikings scare me a little bit because I think that team just finds a way to lose all the time. They're not getting blown out by people. They're dangerous. Oh yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not I think the Lions could be dangerous because they have nothing to lose, and every player on that team is trying out for the team next year. So that yeah. team that. We got to be careful of that game, even though they're horrible. And it's, it's, it's funny to say a, a one in 15 team might be dangerous, but they can be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it, I think easily 4 0. I think we can finish. Um, would it shock me if we lost one of those four somewhere along the line? No. And then, in the, gotcha game. then in the playoffs, you think you think the special teams can pull it together? And- <laughs> Uh, they better, or it's, we're going to be one and done. That's my prediction. It's 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 that important. You yeah. can't you can't have turnovers. You can't miss field goals. Um, you got to cover punts and, and kickoffs, uh, especially especially if you're playing in Lambeau where it's cold. Field position is is vital. Uh, there's usually not high scoring games if you're playing in Lambeau Field in January. Was that your girlfriend that just walked by? Yep, that's my fiance. Oh, tell her I said hey. Uh, Chris, says, Chris says hi, baby. Hi. She says hi back. <laughs> I heard. Um, so yeah, the, the special teams have got to get it together. There, it's an important phase of the game in, in January in Lambeau Field. And yeah, I agree. I think if if anything, it's going to knock us out of the playoffs. It's going to be what we've it, been seeing on it special could. teams. It could. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming Anytime. on. Anytime. This is awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it. Anytime, guys. All my yeah, friends. Pretty- Bring oh, back sorry. some of that warm weather from south of the equator. You're yeah, on the I, other side of the you're on the bottom part of the world. I know it's and it's amazing. I've been getting treated like a king down here. I know, <laughs> I know what it feels like to be a well-treated dog now. Like I don't, I'm like, I love these people, but I don't understand a thing that they're saying to me. <laughs> just just nod your head a lot. They, feed like you me, do your... they give me drinks, yeah. I'm good to go. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a nice place. Oh, it's amazing. That's Pretty it. lucky. All right. Thanks again, Chris. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That was a great interview with Chris Jackie we had there. Wasn't he super cool, Mike? I was super surprised by like how chill he was. Like he gave us way more time than I expected. He gave us a boatload of time. Like for someone like that, we just kind of reached out to him, like, hey. We want to give this a shot to give us that much time and to like be as honest and like open about like a bunch of things. Yeah, I couldn't no. expect anything better. They say never that was great. Your, yeah, they say never meet your heroes, but they're they're dead wrong. That was pretty cool. <laughs> he, he was a good dude. That was super cool. He, with him. he was super cool. He gave us a lot of information. Um, answered everything that we asked of him. He didn't 
try to skirt around anything, which is awesome. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was impressed. Get ready for more of that. I, we, we got a list of people we're going to be reaching out to. William Henderson, if you're listening, we want you. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we would like to hear from anyone that has any information, like on pretty much anything, right? Especially if you played for the Packers. We'd be really into that. Yeah, especially during the season. I think I think in the off season we're gonna we're gonna try for some funnier interviews. Until then, how many sun drops do you think you're gonna be shotgunning, Mike? I feel like I am going to be shotgunning <laughs> all the sun drops. Oh yes. The, I think your your lead is too big right now. I'm I'm hosed, you know. All right. So if you're a new listener listening in, uh, if uh, if Chris gave us some publicity and you're a Chris fan listening in, um, and why and you would just, and be you, a Chris fan? Yeah, and and if you are just a Chris fan, this is probably the the time you could stop. But we hope you don't. We hope you keep listening. So our next segment we call the Sundrop Challenge. We bet bing bongs on games. Each game is we bet a hundred bing bongs on. Um, against the spread with 10% juice. So if we win the game, we get 100. If we lose the game, we lose 110. We do it week by week. If if Mike wins a week, that sundrop goes to me. And if I am down sundrops at the end of the regular season, I have to shotgun them on video. And we're going to put it on our website, on our Twitter uh, we should probably expand to Facebook. So probably on Facebook. Yeah, it, it just isn't going to be a pleasant. Uh, Mike, Mike thinks it might be pleasant shotgun and sundrops. I've never had a bad sundrop. Let's put it that way. There you go. It actually might be very tasty. So it might be tasty I, when they go down and tasty when they come up. So, you know. Yeah. I hope I explained that good enough. Got any questions? Hit uh at, on Twitter, we're on Twitter right now. We'll get on Facebook eventually. Uh, at banging underscore drum up. Tell us to clarify clarify the rules of this segment. But anyways, 100 a game. If you win, you get 100. If you lose, you lose 110. If you lose the season between, or Mike or I lose the season, we're going to be shotgunning between one and what, what could you lose up to six? Six. So we start. We started in what week ten? I think we started week ten. So eighteen weeks. So ten through eighteen. That's nine games. There's nine games there, and then you also have the um, overall season record. So what can end up happening is if I lose every week and the overall season, which if I lose every week, I have to lose the overall season. I would have to do a uh, ten, ten Sundays. It's either nine or ten. That's where we started in the season. I fully anticipate that Pat's gonna take, you know, take a crap in the bed and I will come back pretty easily and win this. No worries. Yeah, that's wishful thinking right there. Yeah, we'll actually have a score update, I'm pretty sure, for this one. So on the week so far, I'm once again ahead of Mike. That's a common theme. Uh, heading into the Monday night game with Mike going six and six. Six, six, and one, and hitting his Coney Island double dog, which 
is the one game you got to pick a dog to win without the spread. So Mike hits his Coney Island double dog, making him plus 40 bing bongs before the Monday night game uh, for the week. And I went seven, five and one. And I also hit my Coney Island double dog. So we did pretty good with the Coney Island double dogs on this one, uh, giving me 250 bing bongs for the week. The week will push, though, if the Rams can cover plus two and a half. If the Cardinals win by a field goal or more, Mike will be down three sun drops in the challenge that he will have to shotgun at the end of the season if he can't make up that, that deficit. Uh, total bing bong count before the Monday night game. If you are betting with me, you are up 1,200 bing bongs. With Mike, you are still up 140 bing bongs. So not, not bad either way. You're at least not losing your house. If you're, yeah. If you're so honestly, I'm pretty surprised that we are both plus money, right? Mm-hmm. So plus bang box. Shit, it's yeah. not money. We're not betting money. No, it's illegal where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Probably put J, uh, Pat in jail for about 10 years down in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. No, no betting here. I have no idea if that's accurate. No, I think you can you can get away with whatever you want down here. No. All right. All right. So we're going to roll into the games. We're going to try to do this pretty quick because I know we got a long interview on there. Like I've been saying, I'm in Brazil on vacation. So I get to watch my fair share of football, but not as much as I usually do to break this down. So the first game we had on the docket was the Thursday night game was wild. Uh, Steelers at the Vikings. Vikings were minus three. Vikings win 36 to 28. And we were both on the Steelers. So we were both losers. So right there already, yeah. you can see our, our bias. Um, yeah. just bet against yeah, the Vikings. It, and show, it shows right through. Shows right through. So for me, I was watching that game. I made it to about maybe just at the start of the second half. And I was like, I ain't watching this shit no more. Vikings are going to fucking stomp them, and I am out. I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I go to bed, and I wake up, and it was, like, relatively close. Oh, dude. Did you go back and watch it? No. No. Nope. I was just like, because yeah, hell happened? Yeah. So, Cooks was running, or Cook was running loose. Jefferson's obviously a beast. Crazy ending. Uh, I don't know how the Vikings almost pissed that one away, but Ending score 36 to 28. Friar Muth drops a touchdown. He, I mean, he got he he got hit. So I don't I don't know how you call it, but definitely a catchable ball that would have made the score 34 to 36 with a shot to tie the game. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how the Cowboys pissed that one away. Wow. Wow. The Steelers. Uh, (laughs) You're talking about the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Vikings. So I was watching that game. I thought there was no chance the Steelers could come back in that game. None at all. You know, I got to get up early. I got to work. I'm going to bed. I'm not watching the Vikings win a game by just stomping on somebody. I wasn't interested in that. No, there was a will. There was a way. Kirk Cousins had some big picks. Yeah, I don't know if picks, but he definitely had a big pick. Um, but, yeah, anyways, pretty pretty interesting game. But, but. Or Vikings let them right back in it. Uh, we'll roll on the next game that we had. Uh, Ravens at Browns. Browns were minus two. 
Browns win 24-22, and we both pushed on that one. So push, push. Browns take a big lead and end up holding on to it despite, uh, despite uh, Tyler Huntley's best effort to make a comeback. So after Jackson went down, this this dude played pretty good. Huntley's? I think he's decent. So I think yeah. he's a good – he's a decent quarterback for a backup. He does a nice job with being Lamar Jackson's backup, which I think is tougher than most because you're not trying to be like a traditional quarterback. You're trying to be fit into that offense. And maybe that's his style too. So, yeah, no, I mean, you got if you're the coaching staff, like you got to prepare for your backup to go down. And definitely when you have Lamar Jackson, you're going to have a different plan for whoever else is playing quarterback. So, uh, Browns took an early lead, held on to it. Looked like the Ravens made a good push there. But next game we got is Cowboys minus four at the football team in Washington. Cowboys win. 27 to 20. I was on the Cowboys when my bang bongs. Mike loses his 110. Did you, did you watch that game? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Cowboys were killing them. Like there was, they had no business being anywhere near that game. And then the cow, like it was classic Mike McCarthy. He just decided, well, I don't know if I want to win this game or not. Let me yeah. throw a pass here that I don't Sick. need to throw a pass on. Sit on the lead too. He he made all the wrong decisions. It felt like. Yeah. I mean, Dak made a bad decision throwing throwing that pick six too. But yeah. until that happened, they had no chance. They just have so many playmakers. They're dangerous. Like even even on the defense, the the digs dude that's getting all the sacks. Michael uh, Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yeah. yeah, that guy is real good. Yeah. He's real good. And they showed up to play. They had a big game. But, but yeah, Cowboys take the early lead, almost piss it away. I feel like that's a common theme this week. Uh, but not in our next game where Mike picks the Raiders. I pick the Chiefs. Chiefs are minus nine and a half. Chiefs win 48 to nine. I won the big bongs. Mike won the big bongs. And all I got for this game is the Raiders stink and the Chiefs are really good. I think they're back. Fair enough. All right, roll into the next one. Seahawks at Texans. Seahawks were minus seven and a half points on the road. I think we both kind of could see that one coming. Anyway, Seahawks win 33-13. We both win the bing bongs. Uh, Russ and Seahawks are going to be a tough out from here on out, I, I think. like I, yeah, I don't think they're, they're going to make the playoffs. They dug themselves too deep in the hole, but they're good. I mean, yeah. Whatever. They got Russell. In the fantasy minute, in the fantasy minute or the rumple eight or whatever we're calling it. Um, I just took the wrong wide receiver, too. Yeah. And I took Matt Cap instead of Lockett. So, yeah. Messed Lockett up. Big game. And you picked the running back that was hurt. So, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. So, ne- next game we have <laughs> is Jaguars at the Titans. Titans. Titans were minus nine and a half at home. I was stupid and had faith that the Jaguars would cover. Uh, Mike was smart, had the Titans. Titans win 20 to nothing. Mike won the big box. Pat loses the big box. Uh, Lawrence played like shit. Titans defense looked good. Yeah, I, so I didn't see any of that game. I just saw the score. That's kind of – and they're having so much turmoil with Jacksonville. It's not good. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Urban Meyer stuff. I don't like to well, like, so- kick a guy when he's down, but man, I can kick the shit out of Urban Meyer when he's down. I don't mind. Yeah, that. I have like I do not. I am not a fan of Urban Meyer. I I really hate guys who are successful. Apparently, Matt Jones, <laughs> Urban Meyer. You like if you if you do well at something, I hate you. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll roll. No reason at all. There's reason to question question Urban Meyer, but whatever. Well, there's reasons to question. Yeah, that's not wrong. Yeah. All right, we'll roll to the next one. Saints minus five and a half at the Jets. Uh, Mike loves Taysom Hill, so he picks the Saints. I thought the Jets could keep it close at home, but I was stupid. Mike wins the Bing Box. Bad loses the Bing Box. Uh, long story short for me is Jets stink. Kamara being back is such a big difference. Uh, but if they play a better defense that stacks the box, uh, they're going to be in trouble because Taysom Hill can't throw the damn ball. He, he did throw the ball like fairly well on the stat sheet. Yeah, so the stat sheet doesn't always yeah. determine whether or not you can throw the ball. Though I think Taysom Hill is better than Trevor Simeon. Gives you more options at the very least. Yeah, no, I think I think with Kamara being back, that that backfield, I mean, obviously it's gonna be better with Kamara back, but you get you get your easy little short throws in, you get your more dynamic like read option play out of it. Big difference. But I think if you're a defense and you're like, hey, we're we're putting eight, nine guys in the box and just making if you're a good enough defense to do that, the the jet, or, I mean the Saints are gonna do what they did to the right. Jets. The Jets suck. So that's pretty Yep. All right. Falcons at Panthers. First ever double dog pick. So the Panthers were minus three. So so I picked the Falcons to straight up win the game. Uh, Mike picked the Panthers. And Pat hits the first ever Coney Island double dog which gives me 200 big bonks and Mike loses 110 big bonks. Um, easiest double dog I've ever tasted. Didn't have to drive anywhere to get it. Uh, both teams stink and the NFC South is all the bucks. No problem. That's what I got there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think either team is good. Yeah. The hammer dog. I, I mean, so I think that at times, Cam can take over a game and like dominate. He just hasn't. Did against the Cardinals, right? Yeah, I mean, he, his first he game has, back. He had some nice runs in this game, but he is a bad. I had a bad pick though for sure too. Yeah. All right. Next game we got Lions at the Broncos. Broncos were minus eight. Uh, Mike picked the Broncos. Broncos win thirty-eight to ten. I picked. The Lions, Mike wins the bing bongs. I lose the bing bongs. Uh, Lions are bad. Broncos are okay. I don't know. Kind of story that game. Yeah, I I didn't see much of that. Didn't even I actually didn't even know what the end score was for that game. Didn't yeah, care. The only thing I cared about was if the Lions went one eleven and one. That's and what they, I want. They did it for you, Mike. They made you happy. Yes, ones across the board. All right, next game, Giants at Chargers. Chargers were minus 10 and a half. Uh, Mike picked the Giants. Jeez, Mike, 
how dumb can you be? Uh, and Pat picked the Chargers. Chargers win 37-21. I won the Bing Box. Blank loses the Bing Box. And that was just a good old, uh, good old-fashioned butt whooping. And final score was even closer than that. But like the Giants tacked one on at the end. Yeah, Giants are a rough team. We won't rough. spend we won't spend any time on that one. So now no. we got Mike's double dog where he ends up hitting. We have the 49ers at the Bengals. Bengals were minus one. Mike takes the 49ers for his double dog. Mike wins the bet with the 49ers winning 26-23. I picked the Bengals because I have a lot of Bengals on my fantasy team, and I chose them to make the playoffs. I think that that was my reason. But Jamar Chase is a beast. Uh, San Francisco comes out early lead and almost loses it. That one went into whole T. But yeah, that was a common theme this week. Like teams getting out to big leads and just pissing them away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised, but I I feel like the Niners are good. I think they are. I think that and Niners... I don't and I don't know what and I don't know what the Bengals are. I guess I don't know what the Niners are either, but I think they're both plus teams. They're above average. Yeah. And they are just, just that, just above average. Yeah, and I think they're both going to be scrapping for a playoff spot. I do think the Bengals can still win the AFC North. They um, might. The way things are going right now, holy cow. Yeah, the Cardinals have the NFC West. On lock, basically, but I think the 49ers are going to be battling with the Vikings for that last playoff spot. Go Niners. Yeah, that's what I got for that one. This is where I'm going to need Mike to fill the gaps. I didn't have quite a lot of time, but we got Bills at Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers were minus three and a half at home. Bucks win 33 to 27. Mm, I won. Mike loses. It uh, looked like a great game, goes over time, but I did not get a chance to check out anything besides the score. Bucks were up big in that early, 17 nothing, maybe? Yeah. I, they, like I was saying, like the games where I was going back and watching them, teams were taking early leads and just pissing them away. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a comp- complacency thing, like, hey, we want to keep guys healthy. We want to make sure that we don't like lose these guys long term i don't know what that is but it does feel like that was the case quite a bit and then here so last game we have was the sunday nighter that everyone was pretty happy with the results so bears at packers packers were minus we got them at minus 12 and a half everybody else in the state got them at minus 11 so we we got a raw deal on that one but the Packers win 45 to 30. And if you listen to last week, I told you I would give the Packers. Got it right 15, on the nuts, man. Yeah. Right on the points. nuts. <laughs> yeah. Nailed that one. I mean, this was another one. I guess the team didn't hold on, but like the Bears come up hot. I mean, this is all they got, you know, like, oh, can we beat the Packers? So they come out hot, take an early lead. We kind of went over like the special teams issues with uh, Chris Jackie. You guys should have already heard that by now. One one of the plays though, 
that I thought was a little raw that went our way was that out of bounds on the punt when he kind of got pushed out and then he kind of came back in. I don't know, man. I think we got lucky with, with that call. I'm biased, but not that biased. You, you can see where we got advantages, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So that play, I don't know if I saw that actual play, right? So I watched, all, you know, probably midway through the first quarter, all the way through. But like, I must have, like that play. Oh, I don't remember. Like that. That was later. Um, yeah. No. No. But I don't remember seeing that play. Like I didn't care either, right? Yeah. So at that point in the game, I thought it was over. We were up eleven, and I thought, yeah, don't matter. No, and I don't think it would have changed the game. Like Rodgers wasn't losing that game; he was on a heater. He's on. Well, so you might only you might only win by three, right? Yeah, but yeah, like I did not feel like that game was lost at any point. We were down what ten nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, like I guess it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a close game instead of like I didn't think. Uh, there's no way we win this, which I definitely felt in games for sure, yep. but not, not, not for this one. No, I mean, yeah, I felt comfortable the whole time. Like even when the, when the bears were up, I was like, we're, we're good to go like that. So I actually felt like really good down six at halftime. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. This is, this would be fine. And, and yeah, and normally if we don't have an interview, we're gonna dive into Wisconsin sports a little bit more. But we got a long interview here. Um, we're gonna try not to make this this one too long. Yeah, the Badgers had a rough game against Ohio State. That's the only thing that really yeah I can think of. It was yeah, a rough game. Badgers bounce back well, game uh, next week. No big deal. Yeah, I, I don't think they're in trouble. They seem like they'll figure stuff out. Uh, current game we have in progress the Monday Nighter where. Mike picked the Rams plus two and a half. I picked the Cardinals minus two and a half. Looks like Mike is going to. So right now we have the Rams 27, Arizona 13. Looks like Mike is in pretty good shape, but I guess, I guess you can't really say that with all the, the crazy late scoring that came this week. Uh, yeah. And but, so the, the other thing is we want, the Cardinals to lose. You want the Cardinals to lose. I want the Cardinals to lose. The Packers want the Cardinals to lose. Yeah. Want It'd be nice play. of them to lose. It'd be a nice Christmas gift to all those of us in Wisconsin. Get it done, Cardinals. Yeah, lose one for us. You've helped us get into the playoffs before. Now help us get the one seed. Uh, yeah. The real ones know that reference. And that wraps up last week's recap, and we are going to try to fly through our picks this week. All right, get ready for the week 15 picks. So we are going to start with Mike. I actually did my homework this week, and I picked my picks beforehand. So I'm just going to be firing those bad boys off at you. Mike, I don't know. Well, what are you, where are you sitting at, Mike? Did you do your homework? I'm ready, too. I did my homework in about eight minutes so that's why i'm so that's why i'm so good at this stuff yeah you're crushing it so thursday night game we have chiefs minus three at the chargers this one seems super easy to me but i'm gonna let you pick i got the chiefs oh yeah chiefs minus three 
I think that is just going to be shit pumping. They have figured stuff out in Kansas City, and I think they can bring it on the road with them there. So next game we have is Raiders at Browns. Browns are minus six. I'm going to leave this one off. I think the Raiders are awful, so I'm going to take the Browns minus six in Cleveland. Apparently, I'm a Raiders apologist, so I am on the Raiders plus six. You said six, right? That's what you got, man? Yeah, you got plus six. If if you have any of your lines different, um, I still have a line that's not out yet, so we'll see if it I used Yahoo. So Yahoo had week 15's lines. Yeah. Yahoo Sports did. So. All right. We're, we're going to be using your, one of your lines later. I'll ask you. Yep. All right. So next one I have is Patriots at Colts. Colts are minus two. Pick them, Mike. I got the Colts. Yep, I knew it. Mike's got a hot take on the Patriots losing a bunch of games. That, which is not happening. They've made me look like a fool. I will apologize to the Patriots and all you Patriots fans. I'm wrong. It's okay. I will soon be right-er. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you on that one. I think Colts win. I think the minus two line with how hot the Patriots have been. Yeah. I, I Might be begging you. Say it. Might be begging you to take the Patriots this week, right? That's how I feel. Yeah. All right. So this one I am doing on the fly because Mike's going to give me the line. Uh, Panthers at Bills. I'm going to guess the line first. I'm going to guess what you got for the line. I'm going to say the Bills are minus seven. A whole touch. Ten and a half. Okay. Yeah, that was stupid. Uh, So minus ten. Bills are minus ten and a half. I am going to take them. I take the Bills too. All right, so Mike's going to take the Bills minus 10 and a half as well. What you got for that one, Mike? Why are you taking the Bills minus 10 and a half? So they're a good team. Ran into a couple of other good teams is what I believe. Mm-hmm. And I just can't I just can't expect them to, like, continue to lose. Yeah. No, and they got a good defense. I think with Cam Newton, the Panthers are pretty – one-dimensional, I'll say it. I think with the Bills' defense, it's going to be tough for the Panthers to score points. I think that's going to be Bills' big. All right, we're going to kick it back. We got Texans at the Jaguars. Jaguars are minus three at home, and this is the poop bowl of the week. We'll call this game the hammer dog poop of the week. This might be the poop bowl of the, uh, of the season. Yeah. This is a pretty bad one. Yeah, I don't even right, know what to go with. Yeah, you. I got the Texans plus three because I don't like the head coach of the Jaguars. Didn't know where to go. Um, I think both teams are awful, so I ended up going with the Jaguars minus three. I got no reason for you. Just guessing on that one. So next game we got Titans minus two at the Steelers. And that just screams trap to me, so I'm going to go with the Steelers plus two. I don't That's have that game for some reason. It's Titans-Steelers. Steelers minus two? No, Titans are minus two in Pittsburgh. I'll take the Titans. All right, you're taking the Titans. 
And we're going to circle back to our double dog. So our double dog is going to be when you pick a dog for the straight up win, if that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's a Coney Island double dog. Make sure everybody knows. Yep. Extra cheese, extra chili, and mustard. So next game we got, Mike's going to kick this one back. We got Cardinals minus 13 and a half at the Lions. I got the Lions. All right, Mike is Plus 13. Lions. I just have no faith in the Lions after this week. Um, Cardinals are going to win by 20. Um, so I'm taking the Cardinals. Next game, we got Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins are minus eight and a half. Dolphins are playing pretty good. I think that's a pretty high number, but I like it. So I'm going to take the Dolphins minus eight and a half. I got the Dolphins too. Dolphins, Dolphins. All right, next game, Cowboys minus Ten and a half at the Giants. Mike's been screwing up his cowboy picks ever since we started. That's what happens when you hate the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys. Uh, yep, same, same. I got the Cowboys. I think they're a good team. They got their playmakers. They have their bad weeks, but the Giants are are awful, in my opinion. And the Cowboys. I think last week's show, I was like, okay, the Cowboys – aren't that that great. They're, they're, they're a good team. They, they don't worry me too much in the Packers' path, but that uh, – I just jinxed us, but whatever. I hope that doesn't come back. To what me. the fuck, man? Yeah, I know. That, that was bad news. All right, so next game, I guess I didn't pick this one. We have the football team at the Eagles, and the Eagles are minus four at home which sounds wrong to me out loud. Uh, I'm going to go with the football team plus four. Hopped off my Eagles bandwagon hard. I'm on the football team too. All right. We both have the football team plus four. Mike's going to kick this one back. We got Bengals at Broncos. Broncos are minus one and a half points at home. Bengals plus one and a half. Right. Double dog. Oh, that's Mike's double dog. He had the double dog paired. Put the DD next to that one. I got the Bengals as well. I was looking into making that double dog, but I am going to circle back to my double dog. But like I said, I have the Bengals as well. Uh, plus one and a half. And then next game we have is Falcons at 49ers. 49ers are minus. Eight and a half. I like the 49ers. It's the Falcons? Yep. What's the line? Falcons at the 49ers. 49ers are eight and a half point favorites. I don't know. I'm taking the Niners. Eight and a half. All right. I think we got a lot of similar ones this week. And since we're both up money, I know I said one time that we're going to see what the consensus is doing, but we're both out money, so it must, must not be in too bad. Um, next game we got is Seahawks at Rams. Rams are minus six and a half at home. I got the Rams. 
Rams, he's taken the favorite. I am taking the dog. I th- so I'm taking the Seahawks. And I was thinking about stamping that one as my double dog. I was going to give some good points on that one. Um, yeah, that's a lot. But I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm not going to stamp that one on my double dog. I think I know which one I'm circling back to. Next game, I got the no-brainer of the century. We got the Packers at the Ravens. Ravens are – or Packers are minus five at the Ravens. And that is just going to be an absolute disaster for the Ravens. So Packers, Packers by a hundred. So with this game, we should actually have to pick the score, right? In that way, like we could actually give it to one of us or the other of us. But it don't matter. I got. I'm on the Packers too. All right, five and a half or five. Uh, I got them at minus five. I get the lines fresh, hot off the press. First line that comes out. That's what I got. It, we'll do it. We'll pick a score. I am going to say the Packers win 35 to 17. Okay. So I got like a 28 17. 28 17. All right. So Mike doesn't have faith in the Packers scoring that extra touchdown for us. I don't think they're going to need it. That 17 is not going to come until the last. Three minutes. They're going to score a touchdown right at the end of the game. We're going to be up twenty-eight to ten. It'll be a essentially a blowout. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got there. Uh, so next, so they could score. The Packers could score a load of points on that game because their secondary is in shambles. Yeah, well, they got maybe, a lot of guys. Maybe we will. So the over is forty-three and a half. So we're both picking the score to go over the over. So maybe double, double dip on that one. Packers in the over, parlay it, win some bing bongs of your own. But yeah, next game we'll go Saints at Buccaneers. Buccaneers are minus 11 at home. And like I said, when when the Saints are going to face a defense that's more capable than the Jets, which the Buccaneers defense is much more capable than the Jets, they're not going to do well. So I have the Buccaneers minus 11. So give them the points yep. there. Yep, I'll take them too. All right, I talked Mike into that one. All right, last, last game, the week is an NFC North showdown between the Vikings, who are minus three and a half on the road at the Bears. What you got, Mike? I got the Vikings minus three and a half. I do too. I feel like we have a lot of similar picks this week, but – but yeah, I think the Vikings are a good team. They're just very good at finding a way to. And there's no way, there's no way the Bears get the special teams breaks that they got last week. There's no chance. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think there's. Granted, there's no team I watch closer than the Packers, but I just can't see. I don't see another team that has like special teams problems that the Packers have. But we fix those. Super Bowl championship. We're so good, we might not need to fix them. No, I, think I don't think I, that's accurate. If you did that against a good team, so let's say if you did that against the Rams, they would have killed us. Yeah, yeah. They would have killed us. It would have been a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. And, I, yeah, I think 
you'll hear, as you heard earlier, Chris has a point. I, I think special teams, and I mean, every, I don't know, considers them a football. Like, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm no coach. I'm no, nothing like that. The special teams is important. And I think if we're going to lose any game in the playoffs right now, it's definitely going to be our special teams that lose that game. Field position battle really actually matters like oh for yeah. sure yeah right so I mean, like you can win games based solely on field position evenly matched teams putting somebody in the five and then like they only get it out to the 45 that's a th- you know a six point swing or whatever or a three point swing like that's giving three points up because you can't punt well enough or something like yeah. if that's the case and we're fucking it up and giving guys 40 yards every time they touch the ball on a kick, we're done. Yeah. And I mean, our defense has been doing a great job at making up for a lot of those mistakes. Like there, there's, there's at least three times where I've seen it where I was like, Oh, we're going to give up a touchdown here. And they hold no field goal. Like just got to stop doing that. This defense is good. Um, Speaking of that, Rasul Douglas, that guy that's my, is recent. That's my boy. Rasul rules. Rasul yeah. rules. It's my new uh, Patrick Dendy. I don't remember. know if you remember. Uh, Not the old corner. He was like a nickel guy that ended up getting like two touchdowns late in the season. And I thought he was going to be great. But Rasul Douglas, you are going to be great. You're not going to be Patrick Dendy. The real question is, is whether he can keep a spot on the team. Like, I see that he's great, right? I see that. I see he's reading the ball really well. He's playing excellent. But you're not taking Alexander's spot, and you're not taking Stokes' spot. You can't take Stokes' spot for at least three years. Right? So they're going to give him the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's like the best That's the downfall. Well, it's the best problem in the NFL to have, though, is have an extra cornerback. I was talking today with a guy. We have zero starting offensive line. Yeah, no. And, so Turner and, went down. Turner went down. Turner was the only guy on the line that was starting. You could kind of see it in that Bears game early, too. They were getting that after Rodgers. So. Okay. Not in a ridiculous way. It's not like it affected him. No. They, they did get a few sacks here and there. It wasn't, it wasn't ridiculous. The, they ended up digging their heels in, playing a pretty good game after after the Bears spent all their energy early. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody is starting where they're supposed to start right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's mix and match them. Yeah. So the Whatever. only Thanks starter we have left on the the only starter we have left on the line, I believe, is Lucas Patrick. He's got a sweet. And he's starting at center, and he's not supposed to be at center. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we'll see. Like that—that's another thing too. Like, I don't know if it's going to fix the fix the special teams, but it's going to make our offense a lot better when Bakhtiari's back, and that our defense is still going to get better with Alexander back. So, I think well, so I think we have some Alexander comes back. When Alexander comes back, that puts a guy on special teams that. You might not be using on special teams right now. I, I yeah, you could be. And I'm right. not saying I, that's Douglas. Yeah, no, you could be right, um, but I, I don't think 
if you have a third string corner, I could be completely wrong saying this. If you have a third string corner playing special teams at a very high level, I don't think when your corner goes down, he takes his place, you take him off special teams. I could be wrong, but I, so I think I you leave him out there. I so would. I would take him off because I imagine that it's easier to play special teams than high-end corner. And like oh, thinking, yeah. through, thinking through the high-end corner, like being able to like process through that and then doing that much running to give him another, you know, 400 yards worth of running in a game would be pretty difficult. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's a good point there. And yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's more of like, if like a linebacker fills in, I don't think you take him off. Like if he gets a starting job due to injury, I don't think you take a linebacker off the field. But I don't think you mess with the special teams unit. Like I think if you can help it, it, if you can help it, you don't. How often? So more than likely, Campbell would be awesome on special teams. Yeah. But would you really put him there? Or like maybe a better example would be like a Brian Olek. He might have been awesome playing special teams. Oh, I'm sure. But do you actually want him to play special teams? Yeah. Like, do you want him out there? I'm not sure. That was another that, that was a medium to mild meatball that we we threw to you guys. We got to fix that special teams. We talked about a bland it. meatball. A bland meatball out there. So so what do you think? Do you think we'll we'll make it easy? Do you think switch your special teams unit? When a starting corner goes down and the third string corners is playing all the time, but he was doing well on special teams. That was confusing. I just confused myself saying that. But I hope you get my point. You heard the conversation. You can make a decision. We will roll quick into our last segment before we wrap things up. This one has been getting the most emails is the Rumble Fantasy 8. And we got an email from Jared that lives in Toma. And he is wondering, I'm reading his email right now. He says, hey, is this Rumble Fantasy 8 blowjob thing real? Um, if so, how do I submit my team? And Jared, I'm just going to going to cut you off there it's not a blowjob it's a hand job so yes bj's from pj this week (laughs) no these these are these are all from (laughs) these are all all from mike so if you win you're in toma mike's in wilton you guys can meet at hardy's in oakdale (laughs) and you'll have a good time so we have mike's rumple fancy eight here so this was an alternating thing. I thought it was uh, hand jobs for me one week, and then BJ's from PJ the next week. No, dude, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, all right. See, you got it there. You got it all right, Mike. So you picked a injured player last week to put on your team. You had you had the whole league to, to put. That's on your what team. happens when you don't do your homework. <laughs> He picks Christian McCaffrey, who's sitting at home. Oh, yeah. This is what happened when you, like, do this on a Monday and you're not doing your homework and you haven't looked at anything. 
I will give I will give Mike that one. I did surprise him with I made us record a day early. But well, so like you had told me we were re- recording a day early, and I didn't remember that. You change your schedule due to my my needs. So and he will take care of your needs if you get a perfect team. All right, Mike. See, I think, I think we're gonna have a whole segment BJ's for PJ, but no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, Mike, don't make me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are <laughs> we gonna start out. I you do them in order for me this week, though. So so um, we're gonna start with quarterback. You you got you did your homework this week, right? I did this pretty quickly. So you're picking Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson, I believe, news I heard is that they expect him to play, right? So they're not expecting him to be out. Yeah, I wonder what that line would be if they expected him not to play. I don't think it – yeah. It's got to move. Yeah, it's, it's gotta, yeah he's got to move at least. He's a great player. Yeah, right? two points. Yeah, two points in the, in the batting room. So maybe it would be uh, Packers. He's a guy that scares the – he scares the bejesus out of me, but that's probably like I just flashbacks of Kaepernick, right? Yeah. The running yeah. quarterback. Or Vic, yeah. So those guys like ruined a lot of our playoff opportunities, Vic and yeah. Kaepernick. But I wonder what the difference is, though. Like, you want to have to see uh, Mark Jackson until the Super Bowl. So you get that. I, I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but you, usually you got that championship by week Super Bowl. So, I mean, you get an extra week to prepare for them. Maybe they're taking that out, though, with the 18-week the season. I don't know. Um, I probably could check, but I'm not going to. I, I don't know either. I want to say that I thought it was pushed back, though, that they pushed the Super Bowl back a week because like, of the 18 weeks. I like how when I say that, like that I don't know, you, you, you ask me a question – with the infliction. No, I said I want to say I want to say that that's what happened. All right, let's 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 rattle them off. I'm taking the fantasy year off until next year, so we're gonna call this segment the Rumpel Fantasy Eight. Uh, email us your teams. Uh, so Jared, you could tweet uh, it too. Jared Bang on the drum at gmail.com and just give us a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end. Defense and a kicker. That's a standard team. Yep. We were we were doing the math wrong for a long time. We we even had it down to six, but but we are gonna do the rumble fantasy eight. So give me a quarterback, man. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Who's he going against? Giants. Giants. Good pick. My good pick. Probably a primetime game or the game of the week, too, because they always are when they play. Oh, Huge ever- markets, right? Yeah, every game in Brazil is a primetime game for me. Primetime slash past my bedtime. We're three hours ahead of you. So you're th- you're three hours ahead of me. So you're this is like one o'clock in the morning. Yep, 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 yep. Ish. Yeah. Okay. I was going to uh, ask you about that. I mean, it's nice for the noon games and like the three o'clock games. Not bad. The late games, it, it was tough staying up. I definitely was in and out at the end of the game and I had to go back and watch it this morning. So 
CD Lamb, double points. Double points for the CD Lamb. Dak Prescott to CD Lamb. I like that. Like I said last time, this could very easily end up being Amari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they, they, like, they, I we, get that. Like we were saying, that Dallas team has weapons on both sides of the ball. So. Yeah. I'm guessing on CD Lamb this week. I think the Cowboys are going to score a boatload of points. Ten you know, they might dial it in. They might let the Giants get back into it in the last, you know, nine minutes of the game, but that'll just give them another opportunity for Mike yeah. McCarthy to throw throw the ball about seven or eight more times. Yeah. Gets, gets ahead, sits on his lead, and then doesn't know what to do when, when the team comes storming back. Debo Samuel. Debo. Debo Samuel is my other wide receiver. All right. What do we got for running backs? We'll roll through it. I won't make you give a full breakdown on everybody. Devontae Foreman. Foreman. They are playing the Steelers, right? Yes. Nailed it. Yeah. Steeler, Steelers looked rough against the run. Real bad. Take Foreman. Take take him. Leonard Fournette. Oh, Lenny. Is he gonna is he gonna be tending the rabbits this week? Yes, tending the rabbits. <laughs> Three touchdowns and Lenny gets to tend the rabbits. Get to tend the rabbits uh a while back too. I made him as we're gonna go with Travis Kelsey. Ooh. Made a mistake on this. Kelsey. He's really the only tight end worth taking. He's the only one that's going to be consistent all the time. Plus, like, he's not always perfect. He doesn't always have a 15-point game, but he's always a guy that gets seven, right? Even on his bad games, he's got 54 yards receiving and a few catches. I feel like tight end position is one of the hardest to – get the perfect week. So if you're looking for that Mike, Mike's special treat, um, yeah, tight ends tough. But so what I will say is uh, Kittle has been ripping it up and he's playing the fall. So if you want a perfect week and you want to see Mike at Hardy's in Oakdale, I would go Kittle. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey's the guy that's Go with Kittle, and then I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> I don't have to meet nobody at Hardy's in Oakdale. Uh, who, who are the Chiefs playing again this week? The Chiefs are playing the Chargers. Chargers. Okay. All right, defense. Uh, kicker is going to – or defense is the Cowboys. They're very opportunistic, create a ton of turnovers. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they're playing a bad team. That's helpful. Yeah, they're playing the Giants. You got a lot of Cowboys going. Yep. I'm leaning heavy on them. So if they piss the bet, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, he's going to be buying you a sundrop. Uh, and then Cairo Santos, because I've decided that I'm rolling with what Pat goes with, and I'm taking my kickers on Monday night. All right. That's smart, smart decision. So to wrap up the Rumble fans, and I didn't want to take, I didn't want to take Joseph. Yep, me neither. 
So to wrap up the Rumble Fantasy 8, so if you beat Mike, if you email us or tweet us a team with a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and a defense, defense and a kicker, and you beat Mike, banging on the drum is going to buy you a sundrop. If you get a perfect week, you'll get to meet Mike at Hardy's in Oakdale. No, sir. No, no meeting me at Hardy's in Oakdale. Eh, we'll, we'll see. He said all right, so we'll see how we chop that. All right. BJ, PJ's from PJ. So sorry if you were stayed listening and you're a Chris Jackie fan. And, and you have no idea what a Hardee's in Oakdale is. <laughs> yeah. But our, our other five listeners that listen, they, they know what we're talking about. Other than that, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope we got a little bit bigger of a crowd this week. Yeah, well, we'll see how it yeah. goes. I'll keep you guys updated, too. I think that's kind of fun to do. So maybe I'll tweet out the the how many listeners we got. We're international, though. I'm coming to you from Brazil. We got someone in the U.K. downloading this. We got India loves us. I think we got like seven people from India downloading this. One person from Australia, he's our mate. And then I think we got like 99. We're over 100 downloads. So we're at one. We're at one. Yeah. So over 100. So, but if, you, if you're enjoying this, if you think that like it's any good at all, tell somebody about it. Right. Yeah. Tell them like these guys are morons. You got to listen. They're completed. Whatever. If you're hate listening, keep on keeping on. Oh, Just yeah. keep down on that. And tweet at MJ Doherty with the hate. Um, oh, yeah. Argue with me. It's the highlight of my day. He loves it. So I do. The, the most action we've been getting on Twitter so far is like we tweet something off the bang on the drum account and then we go like it. So, so I'm doing that to try to keep that relative. Oh, I, I, do this, I do the same thing. So. We're going to let this show build generically. So we're, we're hoping that you guys enjoyed this, enjoyed the interview with Chris. He's, he was awesome. Uh, shout out to him. Um, we're getting Packers legends on this show, and it's only our fifth episode. So, well, I mean, yeah, we have, we have a Packers legend. Like I said, like, I don't remember him ever missing a kick. I, obviously, that's not a real memory. But I never, I didn't remember being like, he was obviously perfect. I never saw this one, right? Yeah, we were young and the Packers were great. And yeah, and the fact that he came on our show, like, is amazing. Oh, yeah. It yeah. made my day. We're blown up from here, guys. Um, so what else was I going to say? So we got a website. We'll click the link on there. It's, it's pretty long link. But follow us at uh, banging underscore drum. Uh, if you want to email us, email us at bangingonthedrum at gmail.com. We'll put this in the notes. And the other thing I want to throw in the notes is going to be the game that Chris and I were talking about where he goes, or well, Chris, Mike, and I were talking about where he goes five for five and the Packers beat the 49ers on a Monday night to be taken as real contenders. So I'm going to throw the link in there. It's It's fun to watch other than the score is not on the screen all the time. That, that's a little bothersome. But but other than that, you get past that. Uh, maybe pull up the box score next to it so you know 
know what the score is at certain times. But Packers win 23 to 20. Chris Jackie walks it off with a 53-yard field goal and becomes my hero for the rest of my life. So thanks for coming on, Chris. Thank you all for listening. And, hey, if you like it, let somebody know. Thank you. And all you suckers that doubted the Packers can eat my shorts. Them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.